Okay, we <coughs> turn to Romans chapter 1 for our sermon today. Romans chapter 1. I mean 10. <laughs> you know that we've been looking at the doctrines of Scripture, started in the middle of last year. Uh, why? Because doctrine matters, particularly in the day in which we live, and the truth matters. And uh, there's a lot of denial today going around about a lot of scriptures, a lot of changing of doctrines, watering down of things. As it says in the Bible, it would happen in the last times. And shall he find faith when he cometh? There will be a falling away from the truth. This is why we're studying doctrine. We've been looking at God and his attributes. We looked at some of them are infinity, eternity, immutability, omnipresence, sovereignty, omniscience, omnipotence, justice, love, grace, freedom, and many more that we touched on, sometimes covering three in a week, sometimes covering one over two weeks of the attributes of God. Today we move on to the doctrine of salvation. And it's good to hear that young people got saved at camp. And the messages were appropriate to the ages that were there, or the age from what, 7 to 12, I think they were this week, the young ones, and how they can understand the truth of God's word. There's not a lot of pressure put on them. They put their hand up and meet with a leader and so forth. I was there on the last evening, on Thursday evening. So we move to this doctrine of salvation. This is a comprehensive doctrine involving many other doctrines that we'll study separately, such as redemption, sanctification, glorification. That is all to do with salvation. Our salvation had a past. We were saved at some point. If you can't remember a time a week in which the Lord spoke to you or a month over a period of months and you come to a decision to trust the Lord, then you, we, we need to take stock of where we are. Are we saved? It's present as well. We have sanctification happening in our lives, becoming more, more, more like the Lord. And um, Elise was just speaking about that in um, what happened at camp through the messages this week. Then we have the prospective future glorification. We're going to Romans 10, verses 1 to 13, and I was tossed between this and Acts 16, where the uh, Philippian jailer got saved. Remember after the earthquake, he came in trembling and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What was the response? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He didn't make it complicated, and I pray that I don't this morning, as we look at this portion here in Romans 10. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Bless it to our hearts as we consider it. And Lord, if there's someone that's not saved, may they today believe, trust in the Lord Jesus, that they might also have a place secured in heaven for eternity that you might, Lord, save their soul indwelling by the Holy Spirit. Minister your word to us here and those listening in. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> here in Romans, from chapter 9 to chapter 11, Paul is talking to 
Jewish people. He's the apostle to the Gentiles, to the Greeks, as he mentioned in the last verse 13 there. But he's, he can't help it but go back to the Jew. Because <laughs> he was a Jew, though he was an apostle to the Gentiles. He was trained as a Jew. He was brought up as a Jew. And <clears throat> we see, first of all, his concern for his own people. In the middle of these chapters, chapter 10, he said, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Preparation. We need to prepare to be able to share the gospel. I had a great opportunity this week for two and a half hours to share with a, a man that's still working. He's 82 and going flat out. About some things. I was a little cheeky to him. At the end, I gave him what Troy had given me, that bridge tract, but in a poster form that had no words on it, but I gave two tracts and the uh, harbour bridge with eternity written on it, that tract as well. He's a bridge builder. I said, you're not allowed to open this till I leave, and I found a better bridge builder then, and I put his name on it. I said, now open it when I leave. I pray that he might so he can see as a person of 82 how bad the world has gotten he asked a question that a lot of christians don't even think about he said why haven't they made something of themselves because he's he's a he's a go-getter and still going at 82 he built most of the bridges you travel on up the freeway and he said why haven't the jews made something of themselves They've had thousands of years. And I was able to go to the scripture that says, they said, his blood be on us and our children. And I said, for 2,000 years, that's what's been happening. There's only 14 million or a bit more of them in the world. Why haven't they become a great people? Why haven't they become an America or something like that? They're militarily, militarily they're, they're strong, but they're weak in that they haven't received their Messiah. I was able to answer. He asked it. I was able to answer that from Scripture. And he, okay, get that. And so <clears throat> the opportunity to share with your people, look, folk, we've got the privilege. We might, have, we might only have a week left as a church or as, you know, the church to testify to unsaved people. The urgency should be upon us as it was upon Paul when he said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Australians is that they might be saved. We're so lethargic in our approach to the gospel and living it out and tell, telling and testifying of it. <clears throat> we see his burdened heart there. But just back in chapter 9 where he started speaking of Israel, he said in chapter 9 verse 2 that I have a great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For who? For his people. That's why he broke out in the middle of this doctrinal study and it explains a lot of things about Israel in chapter 11, what's going to happen in the future to them. That's why he breaks out. He had a broken heart. He had a burdened heart. What about us? For people. The chap I was just talking about, I was convicted about doing that a year ago. And the way it figured out just didn't work out. Then in the middle of the year, because I go out there to camp and he's on the way to camp. 
But I finally got there. <laughs> the burden for the Lord laid it on my heart for that individual to speak and to others I talked to out there before I went to camp in the evening service on Thursday. But broken for people, weeping. The Lord hears your broken heart for the unsaved people. Just Do we just blasé, speak to the Lord about souls and their salvation, or are we broken to the point of weeping for their salvation? We need to start maybe looking through our Bible and studying about hell and how real it is and how terrible it is and how long it is. I don't believe like the SDAs, it's annihilation. It's for eternity. Where the fire dieth not, the worm, the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. The lake of fire it talks about. And all the different words that are used for hell have a broken heart for those. That's why Paul, when he was persecuted like he was by people, was still able to respond in love toward them. Even when he was in jail there with the Philippian jailer, and they'd beaten him and Silas beaten them raw. They sang songs in the, in the jail. And the Lord opened the gates by an earthquake. But he said, <laughs> what would we say? He didn't say, well, let's run. Run for it because, you know, all the gates have broken down. The jailer thought that's what would have happened. But Paul restrained himself and he must have had an influence on the other people in jail because they were there too. <laughs> But he had a broken heart. And he could have said to the man when he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He could have said, Blow you. Look what you've done to me. He could have, but he didn't. His response was, Tell him how to become a Christian. And he got saved in his house, it says. A burdened heart, a broken heart. I think I'll just cover the first point. <laughs> a begging heart. In verse 3 of chapter 9, For I could wish that I myself were cursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Would we be willing to say that? There is another person that said that, a godly man in the scriptures. Curse me, but not them. Save them. Who was it? Moses said that, didn't he? And these are godly men, great men of God who spoke the truth from their heart. And he was begging that he could be a curse from Christ for a brethren and a kinsman according to the flesh. But he knew it wasn't possible because he's the one that wrote about in the New Testament eternal security. But he could wish that he would. He was begging them to get saved. He was pleading with them to turn to the Lord from their sin to be saved. Have we got a burdened heart? Have we got a broken heart for some of our siblings maybe or our mum or dad or uncle or aunt? Right now I, can, I could name off a whole heap of names of my own relatives that need to get saved. They were brought up with a heritage that they've rejected. They're brought up with a heritage and knowing the truth and having it preached and having charts they didn't have overheads and computers, but they had it all laid out before them that they could comprehend it. But now they have rejected it. And, and 
And are some of them really angry with Israel right now? They're cursing Israel as Hamas curses Israel. And they're right on the side of the Islamics because they have rejected the truth. Pray for these people. You may know some people like that too that have rejected. Plead with them that they get saved. Well, <clears throat> Second Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4, it reads, For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, he's speaking to the Corinthians, I wrote unto you with many tears, not that ye should be grieved, but that ye might know the love which I have more abundantly toward you. He has a bereaved heart. This is for Christians. There are Christians today that don't even attend church. Paul was bereaved for the Corinthians because of their lack of love. He said, Out of much affliction and anguish I wrote unto you. Why did he write? What he wrote to the Corinthians. Read it, First and Second Corinthians. He had to get all over them for their lackadaisical Christian living. For their carnal Christian living. The word carnal is used there in Corinthians. And folk, if you're a carnal Christian, you've not read your Bible this week. You've not picked it up. You have to dust it off to bring it to church. You haven't prayed to the Lord. You're a carnal Christian. Can I go a little bit further and say, if you haven't tried to testify and been burdened and broken for an unsaved person, you're probably carnal because you don't care if they go to hell. It's serious, folks. This is life and death, eternal life and death, not just physical life and death. We need to be bereaved, as Paul was for the Corinthians, saying you're not living right. Get right with God and walk in his way. Because you or I will be ashamed before him when he comes if we haven't been doing what he has told us to do plainly in the scripture, go ye therefore into all the world. If we've been focusing on ourselves, and I've been burdened to preach a sermon on selfishness, that's what's happening in our world today, in our Western world. We have got so many knickknacks, so many things, and we complain even on that. We should be bereaved for people, bereaved for Christians that are not walking where they should be, and they're going to be caught out with the Lord's coming. And will stand before him, red-faced. And as Second John says, it says there that they'll lose out on their reward. Lost their reward. They had talent, they had gifts, they had abilities. But they didn't use them. Someone said that of the man I talked to. After I talked to him, I talked to someone else. He is a very gifted man as far as physical abilities are concerned. He, 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 he didn't go to university. He didn't study anything like that. But he builds some major bridges for Australia down southeast, all up to Queensland. He said, you just need nows. He said, common sense. And you can see how it needs to be built. But he's got gifts and abilities. He's been using them to build bridges for, for us to go on. I thought after it, I should have talked about the, the broken bridge. What if one of your bridges fell down, Nelson? What would you do when you're on the highway? 
he would he would park his car across the road so that nobody could go toward the broken bridge and that's what we have in life people belting down the highway of life the broad way that leads to destruction and many there be that go that way but nobody is telling them that we they need to stop and get saved before they fall off into the broken bridge you know we should be bereaved and Paul chastened the Corinthian Christians in love and saying it's your to your own eternal detriment if you don't go out and tell people the concern of Paul for his people second Corinthians second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11 it says there <clears throat> oh where is it oh ye Corinthians our mouth is open unto you our heart is enlarged ye are not straightened in us but ye are straightened in your own bowels now for a recompense in the same I speak unto my children be ye also enlarged <laughs> we could go on a sermon on that enlarge your vision stop thinking about this life start thinking about eternity see what's going to happen to people whom you love but whom you don't love in that you haven't told them about the Lord Jesus he was not only burdened and broken and begging and bereaved but he had the bleeding heart for them be ye separate in 2nd Corinthians we we read that in verse those verses we've just read <coughs> in 1st Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 1st Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 and 4 <coughs> we read and it comes up particularly in verse 2 but in verse 1 for yourselves brethren know our entrance in unto you that it was not in vain but ye but even after we had suffered before we were shamefully treated as you know at Philippi we were and that, <laughs> the Philippian jailer Philippi we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention they contended with him but he was still bold to tell the truth we can be ashamed or we can be bold and tell the truth not brash but bold pray pray this Tuesday is in the afternoon I meet with three people that invited me around to their home to speak to them it's going to be an opportunity to be bold you know three on one that's okay if you know you've got the Lord on your side but be bold to speak the truth how many of us are scared to own the Lord Jesus? And I, driving to church this morning, I was coming around a corner and, and all the cars stopping so they see you coming around a corner and they see you with a tie on and dressed up. And so what do they think? What do you think they think? What do we think they think? Oh, they're going to church. They're not going to the supermarket. They're not going to the sports ground because they're dressed appropriately for church. You see? But we, we could be, oh, I sink down to my sheet, the seat so they don't see my shirt and my tie, and I go on past them. But no, folk, we need to be able to own the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the God of eternity. He's the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. Let's be bold about it. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 17, 
The last verse, but we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, but not in heart, endeavor the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. He had a bonded heart. He was bonded to the people that had believed the gospel through him. You see, he only spent two weeks in Thessalonica, but the, they got saved. Many people there got saved. They understood the scriptures. He talked about the Lord's coming, the rapture. He talked about all that to them. And he said, even while I was with you, he said in Second Thessalonians, I told you these things. They comprehended. They got it in two weeks. That's amazing. Some Christians don't, don't get it in 40 years. <laughs> they got it in two weeks. And he was bonded to them. You know that bond? The bond of Christian love, the bond of Christian understanding and doctrine. Do you know the bond that is there that you can share with somebody the truth of God's word and they share it back and they agree with you? You're on the same page, we say. There's a bond in Christianity that if the person is doctrinally right, it just happens like that. And so... Do we have the concern? First point of the message, and we'll finish the next, next week, Lord willing. Do we have a concern, like Paul had, for the people that he ministered to, Jew and Gentile? Commissioned to the Gentiles, but he couldn't get off his heart, the Jew. Every time he went to a town, where did he go to? He went to the synagogue. <laughs> where, who was there? Jews. And it didn't take but a, probably one sermon, and he was kicked out of the synagogue. <laughs> most times and then well I'll go to the Gentiles and that made the Jews even matter <laughs> how dare you go and take the name of God to the Gentiles they're dogs I praise God for the dogs <laughs> praise God that the, go the gospel comes to us too because the Lord loves us too as he loved his people he still loves them but they're in rebellion pray for their salvation let's pray Lord I pray that we would have the concern that Paul had for his people, that we'd have it for our country. Our politicians, Lord, are making terrible decisions. And I pray, God, that we would be concerned enough to go, to pray, to tell, bold enough to speak, yes, the name of the Lord Jesus and not be ashamed before him because he will be ashamed of us. But go and tell people about the good news of the gospel. Minister your word to us. Use us this week. May we pray for opportunities to tell somebody that you have been speaking to us about for years and we haven't yet told them because we may not be here next week. We don't know. But Lord, I pray that you give us that bleeding heart for people broken heart and a begging heart as Paul had and go out and tell people about the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ we pray in his name, Amen, Amen.